tested for that shit in high school and, and fucking see, and they gave me a card and it's a typo on it. That's the only reason I remember. Oh, that's see, I don't even know my fucking blood type. I actually feel like well, calling my doctor's office. You're probably a typo. You're probably a typo. Oh, I'm you typo. Because I don't know what like mom's blood type. You know, because it's a blood type of mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. And trying no, to figure no, out no, the no. statistical probability. But like I said, I'm I'm a typo, so I'm, I'm assuming you might have. I might the chances the, there. Yeah, the chances there because we got that fucking that my that's that Mayan blood right there. Yeah. Uh, are we Mayan or Inca? I don't fucking know, but it's that fucking <laughs> Inca or Mayan blood that fucking. I'm, I'm sure that back in the day. I don't know what. That's strong. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's strong. Yeah, yeah. Below the belt, strong. I might actually like hit a bull. I actually might hit up my friend. She has an ancestry.com, like the full fucking. I four. gave you the fucking thing, didn't I? The fucking little package thing. Oh no 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 no! Like, I have one too. I, I mean, I have it. I've, it. I've not done it. Me neither. Uh, because uh, the way that ancestry.com and all those other things, they own the copyright to your DNA, and they can sell your. Inf- and I just don't no, trust it. Never, even though, even though, even though, de- depending on how many family members do it, we're already screwed anyway. Although, yeah, um, I live in the United States. So yeah, but, fucked either way. But um, but one thing is, my friend has the full. They have four, to tell us. Yeah, four hundred and fifty dollar like year plan with Ancestry.com, yeah. so she can search through documents and like that top tier plan gives her access to a lot of different uh, databases and search bases. So I, I was curious about the family history and seeing like where we, you know, wh- where where we actually came from, like where because the last name that we have is Grandma's, right? Yeah, Renderos, and it's Spaniard in origin, but it no longer exists in Spain. It's not a name that exists there anymore. Yeah. Um. But, like, I also know, like, I thought we were tall because of the Spaniards. And it turns out, no, we're tall because of our native ancestors, yeah. like the Indians that we come from. Um, yeah, because. like, what, 5'11", 5'10"? I'm, like, 5'11". Yeah, I'm 6 and, foot. And you're 6 foot. And so, like, the thing is, is, like, I was talking to a friend of mine who's, uh, he's really good with history. He's a historian. He teaches uh, different things at uh, the college level, right? He's, a, he's from Astoria. He knows the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, he was telling me that, like, yeah, the height comes from the Indians that we come from, not that the actual, not, the, he's like Spaniards. Or they're he's average. Not about, he's, not, he's not talking about the height. Uh, yeah. He, he's tall, he's talking about the height below the belt. <laughs> I mean. Because <laughs> uh, he was saying, like, um, that the average height for a Spaniard was, like, 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, okay. And so he's like, so you, you don't get your height from them. Your family does not. And I'm like, yeah. oh, interesting. And I mean, that would also make sense, like... What's crazy, too, is both our parents are tall for what... You know, mom is fucking, what, like, fucking... 5'7"? Five, five, seven. Seven, yeah. Mom, mom is 5'7". And, and dad uh, was, like, 5... He's, like, 5'9", 5'10". Five, 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 ten, ten, yeah, 5'10". Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Tall enough, in a sense, compared yeah, I mean, to fucking a lot of uh, people in other families, which, like, you know, that are from El Salvador or from Mexico, they're fucking tiny. Yeah. Like, fucking 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, and one of the funny things is, that, like, all of our cousins, all of our family members... There is not a short person among us. Yeah, exactly. Like, not even... I mean, the women uh, have been kind of a hit and miss. You know, we have cousins that are 5'2", 5'3", 5'4". Females. Yeah. But we also have cousins that, you know, women that are like 5'9". And so it's very interesting. They vary in size. Like our fucking Aunt Cora. Yeah. She's she's tall. Yeah, she's a tall fucking bitch. She's a bitch, too. I don't mean to say it like that, but she's a bitch. <laughs> if you guys knew the story behind her, yeah, you'd say she's a bitch too. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, we don't get along. Yeah, no, we don't. No, we do not. 
We did for a she long, was mean, we did, dude. We did for about twenty. No, I'm actually like no, no, thirty three years of my life. We dealt with her. Yeah, well, she nicely. was cool. But yeah. she, she's mean. She was a mean lady. Yeah, she is a, bitch, a mean yeah, lady. She's a bitch. <laughs> she, I fucking hated that fucking bitch, man. Um, <laughs> shit, she was fucking a torment. Oh man, uh, good. Uh, um, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. Uh, Forget it. Let's not talk about it. Bitch, you're tall. You know, she's well, tall. She's welcome like fucking, to the show, uh, yeah, everybody. Yeah, uh, five another minutes week, in. Another dollar. Another right. dollar. Uh, Renderos Brothers coming to you live. What the fuck, yo? Uh, pre-recorded from Los Angeles. Yes, sir. Uh, what do we got on, on deck for today? Live it was... Fire. We're fucking drinking that Sam Gabriel Valley Alasta Brewing Company. It is motherfucking Dig Tussy. Brought to you by Heidi and Frank. Of the Heidi Frank of KLOS, uh, KLOS radio station here in radio Los Angeles. Station. Um, it is a cream ale. It is 5.0% alcohol. And the little fucking slogan on the back is a cream ale that's light and doughty, dut, dig, and on taste, enth- enthused with whole Dean vanilla to gift it a nice, creamy mouth. I don't know what the fuck that means, but Frank, you are a fucking genius, my G. Um, Goodness so, gracious. Full disclo- I, lo- I, I already love it and not even drink the motherfucker Full yet. disclosure, uh, someone here is intoxicated. Yes. He- Brewing Cannon <laughs> by Alasta Brewing Company. I was drinking earlier. I showed up on a Monday night to my crib and, and they were having a party at my fucking house. And and what the fuck did I do? I, yeah. I literally walked in to fucking shots after shots. I had fucking four shots in the span of like before 20 coming, fucking minutes. Yeah. Before yes. coming to record. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. And then I had fucking uh, three fucking Corona premieres because, you know, Corona's the shit. Don't forget it. Don't fucking ever talk bad about Corona. It's the shit. Um, I will tell you, I saw Fast and Furious 7 finally. That's uh, right. Ludacris, baby. Who he could act? <laughs> no, in Vin he Diesel, murdered it. When Kurt Russell comes out and he offers him a, a bucket of fucking Corona, like uh, fucking pulls it out of fucking that, nowhere. Yeah, Rona, and ben, I'm and say, get, get a taste. Because Kurt Russell's character is like, well, you know, I got this Belgian ale. And Kurt Russell's try- a fucking man, dude. He's an outsider. Yeah, that's all I had to say. He's an outsider. He's fucking. Punk, I just uh, watched Cream Soda or some shit. I just watched pops. the thing, the 40th anniversary. Oh, fucking amazing! At CityWalk, they had it at the AMC Theater. And I went to go watch it. Oh, that, you gotta that, love it. That was my uh, that was my Father's Day treat for myself. Just me by myself because nobody else does horror. Watched it, met up with some friends, but it was nice. Oh god. Um, so fucking good. Yeah, but fucking a. The joke is, I believe is like, it. Kurt Russell's like, you gotta try this Belgian ale, and Vin Diesel's character's like, I'm not a Belgian ale drinker. I uh, I really like Corona. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah. VD, uh, homie. <laughs> Don't catch the VD, but fucking VD is the dope. Uh, VD will also run you uh, run you out of a billion dollar franchise because he's so difficult right. to work with. As Rumor has it. Corona on ice. And I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Kurt Russell, fucking out of nowhere, fucking pulls out a bucket of fucking Corona and he's like, "Here you go." I'm That's, like, "What in the fuck is this?" Corona's shit? what's up, man. The movies are so fucking yeah, terrible. Fucking Corona is the shit. They're the goofiest. Fucking That's why they put it in that franchise though, like specifically because it's so fucking good. And these movies are so fucking top notch. You can't fucking. This is better than The Godfather, Holmes. You know, this is top tier level so fucking full, movies. So full of shit. Right now. Is, is the shit. That's why the Corona was on there, Holmes. All right, Come open, on up, now. open up this uh, dig, dig tussie. tussie. Yeah, my bad. Let's get a taste of this cream ale. So while he's cracking that open, as again, we're going to boxofficemojo.com for the top ten films of the week. 
Holding the number one position is Jurassic World Dominion with $59 million. And the new Pixar release of Lightyear only opened up at $50,500,000. Uh, $50, uh, which, Shout out my boy, my bad to interrupt Sam. Shout out my boy, Dougie Fresh, for fucking hooking us up with that dick tussy at fucking numero uno in motherfucking uh, West Hills Tavern. So check it out. And this is the, one of the places you can get it. Oh, nice. So uh, thank you uh, to your boy, Dougie Fresh. That's right. My um, G. Uh, so Lightyear opened up in second place with 50 million dollars which a lot of people were surprised by because analysts were saying that they were hoping that it would crack this 70 million dollar mark on its opening weekend uh so it looks like parents are still afraid of coming out and bringing their kids and potentially exposing them to um you know (laughs) yeah the rona the rona right away when i smell this fucking beer oh i've said it before i'll say it again it smells like fucking pedigree dog food yo what the (laughs) fuck man I fucking love. I don't know what pedigree smells like. I, you well, know what? Fucking I'm, open up a can, motherfucker. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna accident, buy accidental. I didn't mean to fucking whiff it, but I did. Yeah. No, you no, know? no. And it's like it's such a brain. You're, like it's, uh, you're feeding. You're feeding your dogs, right? So, yeah. but like, yeah. I love my dogs. I want to know if I love this big tussie. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's give this a shot here. Yeah. Let's give it a all fucking right. taste. You know, fucking Frank hollers all day about it. So we need. I need to try this shit. I need to fucking really give it a gander. I, I will. So now it is time. I will tell you, it is Get interesting, is what I will describe taste. it as. I, I don't particularly, it's it's not a taste. It's like the cream, the, it's a, a little bit on the sour side, but a little bit on the lager side. It's kind of, it's all, it's, I can't even pin the taste down. Unfortunately. It, I don't like it. I can dig that tussie. I like it, man. You do like I it. I do like it. But I you've also been drinking. <laughs> yeah. It, well, the thing is, you I, like don't taste, you- I don't taste that, um... I, I don't taste the cream, first of all, much. Maybe I'm, I'm tipsy. You know, a second sip is much better. But it tastes real smooth. Not much of a hops taste. Not much of a sour taste. Not much of a, like, it's like a, in between a, a bland and a sour, in a sense. I don't yeah. know how to describe it, really. I, like, besides, like, in a bland and a sour, but not bland, because it's, it's really, it has that flavor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I don't know. Like, I think for me, it's just whatever. Honestly, after having a couple of sips of this. The color itself is like Goldilocks. God, you are fucking hammered. I see it in your face. I thought you were high. I thought you were high. <laughs> I wish I was, my good man. But my our fucking friend, uh, she will be in RN soon. So and she can't smoke just 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 yet. Yeah. So you keep you stay strong. God damn it! Don't fucking smoke. Yeah. She is uh, only good for us uh, established already. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So top. Uh, so continuing on with the top ten. Um, number three is Top Gun Maverick. That's top, right, baby. Yeah. 40, top Gun. Forty-four grr, million. Grr, Forty-four bang. million dollars. It's now brought in in just like a month. Four hundred and sixty-six. All up in your ass with the resurrection. Um, uh, we have um the yeah. Here's your phone. Um, the Bob's Burger movie at number five. Uh, you have the bad guys, everything, everywhere, all at once, with another $959,000. Downton Abbey, A New Era, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Brian and Charles has come out at its opening weekend at number 10. A very curious movie. It's a mockumentary about a man who builds a robot um, out of a laundry machine, and it's like a weird comedy-ish film. I never heard of it, so... Uh, I, I watched trailers. I never 
heard of it. I watch trailers all the time, so I'm like, you yeah, know me, no, I'm always. I, I got off that trailer addict for some reason, man. It's just, it's just fun for me to watch. Yeah, so for me, I will say this. Uh, the Dig Tussie, I'd give it a five. It's just, I could drink it. It's not. Yeah, we're going to start I'm rating not, our fucking brews now, so we're going to give it a between a 10 and a one, and uh, I'm pretty sure you knew that. So, uh, uh, whoopsie. Yeah, um, but yeah, Dig Tussie for me is just a five, Dick honestly. Dig Tussie for me is a. Uh, yeah, I'm about to get a five too. Yeah, it's, it's just good, but it's not like I, it's not. It's uh, nothing. I mean, no offense to uh, the 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 brewing company because obviously they they're doing that in con- in conjunction with Heidi and Frank. But it if just, I got fucked up, I would definitely dig that tussie. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about the television shows. We're opening up with the the offer. The uh, this is now episode five. We've just crossed yes. the halfway point. Ruddy and Betty. Uh, combat logistical nightmares with principal photography quickly approaching. As the mob continues to ingrain itself in the making of the film, tensions rise between Columbo and Frank and Cre- and notorious hothead Crazy Joe Gallo. Yeah. So what do you think about this episode? I, I really did like it. I also like that Bob Evans um, finally... Fucking G. Well, he goes to bat for, you know, Ruddy. Like, he understands because he's also passionate about film. Yeah. He understands, especially with them trying to sell Paramount. Like, he's got to make some big, bold moves and finally sides with Ruddy in, in making those decisions. The 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 backhanded um, antics of Lapidus uh, with, you know, getting Bulldorn to go along with selling Paramount because love... Blue Dorn. Oh, right, my bad. Blue Dorn. You know, with getting him to give in to finally selling Paramount, yeah. even though Love Story is a phenomenal hit for them. And then, you know, they have the Godfather coming down the pipe. And I think Blue Dorn is just kind of giving up with Paramount and how it's been run with everything like that because he's more interested in money. Yeah, but but I don't know if that's actually going to pan out because obviously we know that The Godfather is a massive movie for them. And so we'll see exactly what happens. Uh, I think that Betty is also going to play a role in trying to make sure that Blue Dorn does not sell Paramount and save it because they seem to have a not a like a romantic courtship, though. I think, you know, Blue Dorn does want that from her. Yeah. But she is definitely just using him to get more insider info and a little bit of influence on his decisions when it comes to making the film that she also believes in. Well, fucking in a sense to me that that shows me that um, the movie industry was a little bit different back in those days to allow something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I it, it, before you know September 11th and all that stuff, like the world was a different place. Yeah. You know, you could have these kind of conversations while working in the industry. And if you were liked well enough and if you were, like, pretty enough, I guess. Yeah, and if you guys don't understand this, in 2001, before the fucking uh, 9-11 happened, you could literally walk in to the Paramount Studios and fuck. If Nobody would have said anything. And if you had something to pitch, some type of fucking script. You could have pitched it to the top level, top tier motherfuckers. And because of all that bullshit that the United States fucking propagandized, um, it fucking put us in a position that, you know, every you can't even you can't fucking set foot into the property unless you have to fucking be there for yeah. sure. A hundred percent. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, and so like just watching how the Hollywood studio system used to function, I think it's just really fascinating. And yeah. on it, but honestly, like 
Betty believes in the project. She believes in Ruddy. She has a, a great respect. They have a really um, respectful relationship with one yeah. another. Um, I do like that Ruddy in his, you know, his excitement to make the film has put himself in some really interesting predicaments with ja Columbo. Yeah. In the end of the episode, he gets caught up in a live um, television broadcast interview with the Irish, I mean the Irish, uh, the, Italian. the Italian American League. And, you know, it, it makes it look real, real bad for him. And I'm wondering what the fallout will be in the next episode. But honestly, yeah. um, still, again, the the it's such an interesting story about how it all came to be. You know, I also really appreciated the moment where um, Francis Ford Coppola has all the actors sit down and tells them, we're going to have a Corleone family dinner, start getting into the characters' mindsets of how their characters would play out. Yeah. And I really appreciated that, too, because you could tell with Francis sitting there with Ruddy, the magic that was unfolding uh, before them. I mean, it's the same thing with Ruddy watching it with his wife, Allie. She told him, like, I can't keep my eyes off Pacino. Yeah. He doesn't have to say anything. I can see it. And that's when Bob Evans knew, I have to bat. I have to push. I have to make this thing happen. Um, Yeah, but honestly, fascinating story. It's continuing on. Um, We are going to do one more episode of The Offer uh, for next week, and then we're going to burn the rest of the season because it's completely out now. So um, if you have been watching it, it's on Paramount+. Plus. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing listening to us spoiling shit? Go it's watch it. Fucking great fucking show. <laughs> a great fucking show. Jesus Christ. And then we go to a show that has been very hit and miss for me personally. Obi-Wan Kenobi, part five. Yeah. Obi-Wan plans his next move as the Empire closing in tries to draw him out. Stronger episode. What did you think? The fucking episode was okay. Um, Not my favorite regardless because this fucking show for some reason hasn't really touched those notes that I've been expecting. Or make me feel like, oh, fucking, this is a, a, something that I want to really get into. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's just me, but the show feels very bland, very like, eh. Like, it's just like, whatever, it's cool to watch. But once it's over, I don't care about it anymore. It, it, I, I will agree with you there. The show does feel very forgettable. Yeah. Not that it's a bad show. Like I said, there is really stuff to love. But there's also stuff that falls really flat. And I think this episode was, for me personally, a little bit stronger in its pacing, in its storytelling. Yeah. Um, I didn't particularly care for the Leia hacking stuff, but I think it goes to show that Leia grows up to be pretty technically capable of solving mechanical issues as we see her in doing the repairs in Empire Strikes Back. But... What I didn't like is, I don't know if it's a director, but they basically had the actor just staring at wires and just opening them and closing them and <laughs> and opening yeah. them. It didn't feel like she was really searching for a switch to, you know. Yeah, it was when she found her little robot. She's like, oh, what's wrong with you? And then she kind of like opens it up and sees that little thing, pulls it out, and it turns green. It's like, oh, you're good to go. Yeah. Well, that's pretty fucking easy to but figure you know, out. But, and then um, I also 
when Riva comes with the Empire and they start making their assaults on the not even rebel base, but just people who are helping others escape from yeah. the disaster from like from the monster that is the Empire. I felt like this was also better shot compared to some of the other battles that they've had in, for example, the book of Boba Fett. I felt that this felt more intense. Yeah, the battle was like kind of weak, you know? Yeah, and then in, yeah, and then you have Tala sacrificing herself to save Obi-Wan um, with her robot friend. Yeah. And they, you know, eat, eat, eat it by holding a grenade. A thermal, do, uh, thermal a nuclear thermal, detonator. Yeah. yeah. Which, honestly, why didn't she just throw it? <laughs> well, yeah, it makes sense, too. Yeah, but, it, you know, it, keep it, suspense, it, yeah. it shows the sacrifice that people are willing to make to do the right thing. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, I think the show played better. Uh, Darth Vader making an appearance was obviously cool to watch. I yeah, really, it wasn't that bad. I really, it wasn't, like, crazy fucking, like, oh, this is crazy Darth Vader, you know? Yeah, and I really liked... The um, Ewan McGregor and um, Hayden Christensen flashback scene, though you could tell their age, yeah. But I'm also really glad that they didn't de-age it because sometimes I feel like when you de-age the actors, it looks really shitty and it takes away from the moment of that show yeah. or, the, or the moment that you're going for. And I really am glad that they gave Hayden and uh, Ewan McGregor the time to. Just be in in the sequence with the script, and you could tell that there was the hints of Darth Vader's dark side. You could yeah. tell that Obi Wan is really trying to teach him well, and I think it played out really well. And much better writing for Hayden Christensen compared to George Lucas's writing from yeah, uh, uh, the uh, Clone the Wars first three episodes. Yeah, um, but yeah, but also like Hayden Christensen wasn't in the first th- you know four episodes of the show. This is the first time you actually see him. Um, as a Padawan learning. Yeah. But honestly, I think much better show. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to end. I think how I feel about the show is going to really depend on how everything plays out for me. Yeah, of course. Um, if they nail the, the landing, it's going to be a much more positive score. And if they give me something in the middle, the show is probably going to be in the middle. And if, they, if I feel they drop the ball, I'm probably going to ding it for it. Yeah, of course. It. Um, it's no... I will say this. It's no... The Book of Boba Fett. Like, I think the Book of Boba Fett was just so bad compared to the other stuff they've been putting out there. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, and that is on Disney+. Plus. You can this check it out. Feel rushed, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the last episode for Obi-Wan comes out this Wednesday, and we'll be covering it on next week's podcast. And then, finally, I know that we've covered Love, Death, and Robots Volume 2. And it wasn't that we had forgotten about Volume 3, but... We didn't really have time to cover it. So much shit coming out. Yeah, so we finally decided to dedicate this episode to the entire season of Love, Death, and Robots. And what did you think about it? I thought it was fucking good, man. I liked a lot of the fucking stories, a lot of gore, a lot of fucking gruesomeness. It, I will say that. It is more gory compared to uh, seasons past. Yeah, fuck yeah. This was their goriest season. Um, you know, so you have the opening episode, which is three robots. Three robots exit strategies, which they the three robots walk into a post-apocalypse and take a whirlwind tour of humankind's last attempts to save itself. I really like these three uh, voice actors. Yeah. I, I like the situations they put them in. I like how they poke fun at just the sheer stupidity of our humanity. 
Yeah. With these sequences. Yeah, and how dumb fucking humans were. Yeah. And well, I it always it fucking plays it well. They're fucking smart at what the fuck they're doing. It's it's a great fucking uh Yeah, it, it's a great way to open it up. Nice and light before you get into the like heavier stuff. Yeah. Uh the second episode is Bad Traveling. Release the Thanapod, a ship's crew member sailing uh, an alien ocean strikes a deal with a ravenous monster of the deep. Um, I really enjoyed this one. I think the guy who does the voice of the captain showed how intelligent. I mean, the character was written very intelligent, and he understood that he could not endanger, um, you know, the the main civilians on the island. Uh, it's actually voiced by uh, Troy Baker yeah. uh, of The Last of Us fame. Um, really, I think, gruesome, too. That was a gruesome fucking episode. And especially with the the crab monster talking with the decaying body. Yeah. I was just like, fuck, this is uncomfortable. It was fucking dope, man. Yeah. And you get followed up with the very pulse of the machine. When an exploratory mission to a Jovian moon ends in disaster, the lone survivor must begin a perilous but mind-expanding journey. Yeah. Um, Just okay. Um, You know, I felt... I, I like some of the ideas of... The potential, but I don't know if it was her hallucination or if the planet and the AI of the planet was talking to her. Yeah. It felt that, like, I was like, man, I don't know what to believe. But ultimately, she, when she throws herself into the lake, I was like, okay, well. She kills her son. Yeah. Dies and shit. yeah. Go, go out with a bang. I mean, she was yeah. out of oxygen anyway. She, yeah. would, she was doomed. Um, you know, but yeah. Uh, j- for me, it was just an okay uh, uh, cartoon episode. It was well done, though. It was well done. Beautiful animation. I will say the... That I really like the kind of hand-drawn love that they give a little bit of this yeah. stuff. Um, then you have Night of the Mini Dead. Uh, the apocalypse is conceived literally in a graveyard and is bite, biting zombie satire, which starts... That shit was fucking fun. It was yeah. fucking cool to see. And yeah. Like, kind of dumb to fucking, like, watch. It wasn't the best. No, it no, the no. Worst. I, it was I, fun. This is like a fun little watch. I really... Lasted, what, six minutes, seven minutes or something? Yeah, shit. six minutes. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I was reading everything off of IMDb here. But I really like the miniature replications of real-world locations. Locations, yeah. It was just fun to watch these miniature zombies and... All the stereotypes of those kinds of movies being played out. Just really, really adorable fun. It was and really fucking fast in the fucking yeah, world, I, you know? I like that they had the... Not, a, not in my country. Yeah. <laughs> the Trumpers and shit. Yeah. Y'all uh, died, yo. Yeah, we all died. <laughs> all the nuclear missiles. Um, then you have what I would consider the worst episode um, uh, for myself. It's Kill Team Kill. U.S. Special Forces are trained to neutralize any threat, even a cybernetic killing machine created by the CIA. Their secret weapon, a sense of humor. Um, it had a... a it, it, it's talking about the one with Joe Manginiano and fucking your boy John or some shit. I think uh, Seth Green is in this one. That does the voices. They're fighting the uh, the grizzly bear. Yeah, so that's Joe Manginiano. Is it John... The main actor? Oh, Joel main- McHale, Seth Green, Gabriel Luna are the main roles. Okay, but did you... They, they fought the cybernetic bear? Yeah, the robotic. Okay, so go back into the pictures of what those characters look like. The fucking main guy was Joe Mangiolano, which is fucking Sofia Vergara's husband. Oh, look-wise. Identical to him. Even his voice was No, him. the voice is Joel McHale. Well, Joe McHale fucking does a Joe Mangiolano like a motherfucker. Okay. And that guy Jonathan, some shit from fucking Terminator, uh, you know, your favorite movie, fool. He's like, because he's a killer. 
I forget what the fuck the guy's name is. Jonathan something. Um, well, Shit actor. You yeah. fucking hate his guts. You you oh, person. Oh, you're guts. talking about yeah. He's not I, so fucking. The it, the, the it, cast credit here is Joel McHale, Seth Green, Gabriel Luna, Steve Bloom, and Andrew Kishoni. Dude, fucking go back on the motherfucking on the way they look. Oh, fucking, look wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Joe Maggi. I don't know. The fucking <laughs> actors the are, are, are on point on who the fuck they're supposed to be. Okay. But voice wise, do these motherfuckers uh, put their voices? Dude, they, this they, motherfucker, they sound they, like they, what they killed it, yo. They killed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, nigga, I, I had no idea. I really thought that was Joe Maggi. Yeah, I don't know. That's fucking hilarious. Dude, look at the fucking. Go get, back and watch it again. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have Dude, to. Go back, we'll go back and watch I follow that motherfucker on Instagram, so I see him every day. <laughs> so that motherfucker was him, and that guy Jonathan from fucking, I don't know what the fuck, uh, Terminator yeah, yeah. bullshit fucking One of those Genesis movies. or some shit, yeah. Dude, he looks just like him, bro. Genesis. Yeah. Oh, you're so the fact that these motherfuckers Cor- uh, took his voices and Jai did their Courtney. fucking voices. Yeah, Jai Courtney, yeah. I fucking cocksucker. God. Dude, oh, my God. They so I fucking- I don't like that actor, yeah. It's so, dude, the fucking fact that these fools did the voices on them, on fucking point, holy <laughs> shit! I had no idea because I didn't look into yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I, I was very curious itself, about who the voices were. Uh, yeah, it, I was just tripping out because Liquid Death is a uh, um, Liquid Death, the water company. Yeah, is Joe Mangiolano's homeboy that started the company. And oh, nice. Joe Mangiolano fucking f- helped put money into it. I mean, my number one drink is Topo Chico. If I am gonna drink fucking sparkling water, but Liquid Death is up there as well. Uh, I don't like Topo Chico anymore because it gives me too much heartburn. Ah, uh, okay. So for me, it's Liquid uh, you are Death. an old man uh, now. Day LD homeboy. Yeah, I don't. LD. <laughs> uh, so the murder, thing- murder your fucking thirst. <laughs> Liquid death. Sponsor us, motherfuckers. <laughs> we love you. Uh, Swarm is the next episode. Two human scientists study the secrets of an ancient alien entity, but soon learn the horrible price of survival in the hostile universe. Okay, what'd you think of that? I mean, I thought it was okay as well. Um, not the worst episode. I, I definitely did not trust the. Wait a minute. There was the one about the two scientists, like, like, and he's trying to um, use their pheromones to create slaves for human expansion, and then the swarm catches oh, on. The black fools, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, they catch. Maybe I'm fucking wrong about the fucking bear one, fool. Maybe. No, I am. I know now, now for <laughs> sure I am. Because, um, fuck, I think it was the one episode before that. That was House of the House of the Mini Dead. No, so, then. Um... And fuck, what the fuck, man? Yeah, I don't know. You're I pretty smoking some good fucking weed and it was fucking top shelf shit. Yeah, know? okay. So that California killer shit. You know what, what did you mean? think of that episode? Me and Ice T is getting high at Kane's and Burbank. It's open, Sam. Go check it out. I'm not gonna check it out, but uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, but what did you what did you think though of of that swarm episode? Swarm? Yeah. Like when I like when the the brain of the planet has her. And it's communicating to him, and like they realize, oh shit, we fucked up. Okay, yeah, no, that was a cool episode. Yeah, it was cool. I, I think it was um, nicely edited. I think it was uh, the fucking show. The the whole series overall is really well done. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Uh, then you have Ma- Mason's rats, and that is where the old man, Farmer Mason. Uh, welcome to the rat oh, yeah. apocalypse. Fucking does the fucking, uh, yeah, he has orders that fucking scorpion fucking uh, robot yeah. machine and, and, everybody fucking and then realizes, okay, this is too much. I can't yeah. keep doing this to these people. Like they are fighting for their lives or these rodents, and they fucking end on the fucking peace treaty, drinking the alcohol, which is like, shit, of course. But you yeah. know, it's fucking fun to watch because it's bullshit, man. Fucking rodents are a pest. <laughs> 
And none of you motherfuckers would give a damn about them. And then you have uh, in vaulted halls entombed deep in the mountains of Afghanistan, a squad of special forces. That's soldiers. the one with Joe Manganiello. Okay, on has the dangerous job yeah, see, of uh, recovering a hostage held by terrorists. But the evil they encounter is a fucking venture, bear. You said it was a bear, no? That's hold on. Can I read the thing? As they venture <laughs> deep you underground, it's it, far more ancient and terrifying. It was Cthulhu that they met. Inside of the fucking tomb, and he's like, "Set me free!" And you know, um, the fucking you have the little fucking bugs and stuff eating their flesh like really quickly, and they're trying to get away. You are drunk, <laughs> dude. I don't even. And know. like, I, just it's, saw, I it's, saw the whole fucking series yesterday. I, but fuck, man, I was high. And it was uh, the 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 veterans. They go in there. It was Snoopy Loop, you know. Yeah, and yeah, but. That is, you're that right. That was the with Joe Mangiano and that it, fucking looking, Jack Courtney. And I'm fucking, looking at the voice. And the girl from Rosia fucking uh, uh, from The Walking Dead. Yeah, Christian but, Serratos. What? That's her name. Christian Serratos. Si, yo te quiero. Um, yeah, it's Joe Mangiliano, Jai Courtney, and then uh, you have Nashir Dalal. Yeah, but Sam, I, know was your, I, just, I just remember it was your favorite fucking you, actor in the world, Jai Courtney. I know you're with it, and, and that's what made me feel I, like, oh, fucking Sam's going to really like this episode because Sam's getting wet right now. <laughs> I, I don't You know I don't like Jack Gordon Yeah I know um, But I didn't even realize It was him I wasn't paying that much Attention to it Oh you're fucking Smoking some good shit bro Yeah no yes. it, looked like, it looked The animation himself The fucking guys That made that animation No no I, Really well done No it I, like, like I, It looked just like All those actors Straight up Yeah I mean like I said Like for me The weakest episode Is Kill Team Kill the the one with the giant bear and they're throwing jokes and they're laughing. Yeah, you know I hate that one was like the worst for me, and then it finally ends with uh, and then this one was fine. Jabaro or some shit. Jabaro. Yeah, uh, a deaf knight and a uh, siren of myth become entwined in a deadly dance, a fatal attraction infused with blood, death, and treasure. Murder. Uh, I like the animation style on this one. Yeah, it's, very uh, realistic, but not realistic. Yeah, it was you know it was exaggerated. Uh, figures like the humans did not have real human features. I mean, they I knew they were human, but they were exaggerated. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, the exaggerated look. Um, and I also really enjoyed the kind of filter that they put on it, where it seemed really grainy to make the landscape look real. Yeah. Um, I I did no, particularly they, they enjoy that. They did. Uh depiction wise and make it look they made it look real fucking crazy yeah and what was really fascinating is unfortunately the the greed that the deaf knight had when it came to this whole experience because he had an opportunity to just get away yeah and but he let his greed for gold get get the best of him and he thought i've bested her i've beat her you know i've ripped all the gold off of her and he was given the gift by doing that of hearing. Yeah. And then she just took him back. She just was like, okay, give me my stuff back. But then she ends up also losing out on her plating because he had left it with the horse. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was beautifully animated. I thought it was just crazily done. It was well done, though. Yeah. Um, but what would you say is your favorite out of all of them? I personally liked uh, the the Joe Mangilano story, and yeah. I think it was uh, episode three. Uh, that is uh, the very pulse of the machine where she's in space. They crash. Yeah, yeah, that one I liked a lot too. 
Yeah, I, I like the animation style. That one. Hallu- the fact that she starts to hallucinate as she's pumping herself full of medicine. <laughs> has like, oh, fuck. You yeah. Know? Um, for me, I want to say, like, it's between Jibaro and I want to say uh, Bad Traveling. I really liked Bad Traveling. Um, I thought it was gruesome, but I think that the captain uh, of the crew had the right idea. You cannot endanger the rest of humanity yeah. to save yourself. Yeah, that's true. And so I, I, I really enjoyed uh, that story. But Jabaro, my, I think I want to say Jabaro is probably my favorite though. I think th- that it was ended just fucking dope. It ended really strongly. Um, yeah. But overall, like, what did you think of the season as a whole the and the stories they brought? I fucking loved it, man. I think it was a fucking eight and a half, nine almost. You know what I mean? Because oh. I like the fucking gore. I like the fact that they went a little deeper and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to give this season an 8 as well. I really like these anthology series. And I, I will say, like, I feel that the first season is still the strongest yeah. story-wise. Um, the second season was just okay. This is just an okay season as well. But I really, really love the fact that you're allowing these creative people, these studios, to put these stories together and giving us... You know, an exploration of sci-fi yeah. and horror and and drama and all that stuff. I I, I do like that. Yeah, fuck so, yeah. So yeah, so that's what we've what we've covered, baby. Um, yeah. So next week, like I said, we're gonna watch Obi Wan's final season. I mean, the final episode, The Offers, episode six, six. and then we're gonna review Spiderhead, the Netflix film starring Christian Hadenson and Miles Teller. Um, and Christian Hemsworth. What did I say? Christian Hadenson. Well, my bad. Star Wars. Uh, (laughs) I got Star Wars in the brain. Um, Yeah, so it will be um, Chris Hemsworth. uh, Darth Vader. Uh, Dude, I I love Darth Vader. Me too. I'd kill them all. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to watch Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller in Spiderhead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. You can always catch us. Uh, you find us on anchor.fm slash Bros. You can find us on Instagram as Bros. or look for us individually as Render Me Sam. I'm Hollywood Michael Double I. Um, yeah, guys, um, you got anything else to share, or you're good? No, we're no, good. No tidbits? No, perfect. Uh, hey, guys, uh, thank you so much. Don't forget to uh, star rate us on Spotify, and if you are listening to us on Apple, Please give us Ray a review. A review. Yeah, fuck um, yeah. Right now, we sit at a 4.4. We do have a one-star review. It doesn't have... Our, thank you. We appreciate thank that. Thank you. I d- we don't have a paragraph. I wish you wrote something out, but we do have other things. All right, guys. Uh, stay safe out there. We'll catch you guys next week. Oh, thank you.